Hello and welcome to Deep Impact, a proud member of the Doof Network where we dive deep into Wildbo's most tattooed work five years on. Coming up next is Elliot Diebold. And that was Urban Morehouse. And we are back to talk about Subordination 6.2, mm-hmm. which begins with Blake t- not, not quite taking a shower, just uh, <laughs> making himself presentable while Alexis and Joel wait for the others to arrive. Yeah, and so, like, this sort of starts off by Blake saying, I don't have time for, like, a whole shower, so I'm just going to wipe myself down with a cloth a bit. And, like, you really got to wonder how effective that was, like... Because mm. he's, assuming the glamour's coming off, he's still meant to be covered in, like, hundreds of, like, rat bites and and, and, <laughs> and stuff from the Pau's uh, incident, right? Yeah. And I think there's a yeah. bit a bit later where Tiffany comes in and she's like, what the hell happened to you? And, and Blake is sort of like, oh, is it that obvious? And it's like, I, I don't know what you thought wiping yourself down with a cloth, cloth was going to do, <laughs> considering all the shit you've been through. Yeah. He's an optimist, this Blake is. But I mean, you know, I guess the the main point of it really isn't even actually to make himself feel presentable, but to make himself feel like he's as presentable as possible. I think he's talked a lot about how, you know, if he feels good about his appearance, then that's like good for his just general mental state. So as long as he feels kind of good about it, that's all that really matters. It also kind of gives me the vibe of him just kind of trying to distract himself a bit uh, and not have to talk to Alexis and Joel until everyone else is there. Yeah, well, because we see he comes out in a minute and they're, they're both, like, pinging him with questions. So it's uh, it's an awkward, yeah. it's like an awkward waiting game that they're playing <laughs> while everyone else isn't showing up. Actually, there's a specific point that I quite like, a quote I, I'm going to pull out here where uh, Tiffany is asking what happened to him and Blake says, I'll explain when everyone's here. Um, so you mean and Alexis? The next line is, uh, no, no, Tiff- is it Tiffany? No, yeah, Tiffany asks, what happened to you? And Blake says, I'll explain when everyone's here. And then after that, the next line is, the others arrived. And reading this for the second time made me realise, like, are we just to take it that they're all kind of sitting in silence for, <laughs> what, 20 minutes while they wait for everyone else? Um, I mean, in, in Blake's current state, he could easily do that. So, well, yeah, yeah, probably. I wonder what's going through their head. Um, we get a, a number of beats at the start of this chapter of Alexis being really worried about Blake, which which is interesting. Um, it's They're basically trying to figure out if Blake has completely lost it or not. Uh, yeah. It's a fun, weird uh, dynamic to set up the start of the chapter. Yeah, well, because there's another bit later where Blake mentions that he's so weak right now because he expended too much personal power. And Joel sort mm. of is like, oh, you, you, you mean, like, self-harm? And it's this real moment of, mm-hmm. you know, Blake is essentially trying to tell them, like, oh, I got these big cuts on my arm because I had to cut myself to use magic powers. A- and <laughs> it, I think if you're hearing that, it's pretty reasonable to assume that there's some <laughs> mental illness uh, type stuff going on. Uh, no, it sounds normal <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and, yeah, there is this sort of sense of, like, for some of them, the more genuine proof they're seeing it's like almost the more ridiculous this whole thing is which like kind of makes sense to me like it, it, as Blake's sort of proving magic's real it goes from this kind of concerning slash interesting tale that he's telling to like you actually have to come to terms with this being real and it's almost like that's when yeah. like the the backfire effect starts going off and you start being like no 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 this couldn't be real <laughs> yeah um yeah it's 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 fun of course we know Blake's telling the truth so we're never in quite in their shoes, but you can imagine it would be pretty wild from their perspective. Yeah, and we see like all those rationalizations that they they make as, as stuff's going on. Um, I want to pull out one other quote which I really like. Um, 
where uh, Evan and, and Blake are talking, and obviously Alexis and Joel can't hear that side of the conversation, can't hear Evan's side of the conversation. Yeah. And Evan says, she's the person you were talking about when you talked about your tattoos. Yeah, I said, but let's maybe not get into something that intimate. And Alexis says, non sequitur much, <laughs> um, which is a great funny beat. Uh, and, and this whole chapter is stacked full of funny moments. It's a good, this, this whole chapter is kind of this, this good humorous break in between kind of depressing nightmares um yeah which is is nice when i mean blake Uh, smiles after alexis calls him out on it like i think he knew what he was doing and i think he knew how she'd react um (laughs) because it's just it's it's such awkward and shit stirring phrasing that i can't believe that it's possibly an accident uh on his part (laughs) it's just too good yeah and yeah I, i i agree i like it there's uh there's some tense stuff going on in this chapter, but it's all undercut by little bits of banter every now and then between friends, which which works quite well. Now, I, I wrote down this next note <laughs> at midnight just because I had this realisation um, where uh, this chapter is kind of a break in the pacing that gives us some humour uh, to, to kind of, uh, for us, the readers, give us a break before we dive more into the depressing stuff again. And obviously it serves the same purpose for Blake. And I kind of only just connected this thought that Blake's personal power could just be a metaphor for for pacing, for the drain, us as the audience being drained, right? Like, you know, we get the intense arcs and then we get the downtime of Blake being at home, like at the start of of arc four or this chapter here. Yeah. (laughs) It's really this this whole, like, in-universe metaphors for the way literary things work really just can go to a very fun extreme. No, yeah, I I see what you mean, because definitely there's something nice and rejuvenating for for us as readers when Blake just gets a moment to, like, do some some stuff with his friends uh, after all the shit he's been through. Not just that, you know, the other ways to get power, like Blake getting a familiar... Also, we can interpret that as being, mm. okay, now there's Evan, this other character who kind of mixes up the story and, and kind of mixes up the pacing a fair amount. It's like, I, it, it just, <laughs> it, it interprets so well. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It does, it does work quite well. And, and you know, Pact has made uh, a point of bringing out meta stuff into, into the story. So, uh, you know, I, I'd be willing to buy that that's, that's somewhat intentional, yeah. Mm. Um, so eventually, Tiffany, Goosh, Tyler, and Joseph all arrive, um, and Blake tries to explain to them that magic is real. Um, but before he kind of, he, he starts explaining it to them, and he obviously has a plan for how to prove it, but before he does that, he asks them all one at a time, are they interested in hearing them out? Are they interested in hearing him out, knowing that it might make some terrifying things real for them? Yeah, and... There's there's a couple of bits here where Blake is confused as to what Tiffany's doing here, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is it, it feels like it's going to lead off lead up to some sort of payoff. Hopefully, not a terrible one. But you know, mm. she 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 keeps showing up in his life, like you know, ever since he's awakened. And and I don't know. I mean, I guess he would have probably spotted if if she was up to something by now. But I I don't know. It it does seem curious that. She keeps showing up uh, in all these situations where you wouldn't really expect her to. So I hope mm. I hope nothing bad is associated with that because I like Tiffany and I don't want anything bad to happen to her. But this is packed, so I'm trying to keep my expectations in check there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in, in universe, uh, the reasoning that's given is Alexis calls her because, you know, Alexis thinks that she should kind of be here. Uh, she Alexis is still trying to play 
maybe not matchmaker, but like friend matchmaker, I suppose. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, the excuse that is given, but I don't know if that feels like enough to me, given the mm. seriousness of the situation and the intimacy of, of sort of the rest of it. Like, mm. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like that'd be Alexis, maybe not reading the room quite, quite right. Or yeah, I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. So Blake doesn't try and convince them yet. He 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 kind of gives them a chance to opt in, which I I think we remembered. Uh, I remembered when we were talking about, hey, wh- what would you tell your non-practitioner friends if you were a practitioner? Our discussion question, something like two arcs ago, I think it was. Yeah, um, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> we kind of all kind of landed on, oh, this is the most ethical way to do it. So it's nice to see that Blake is uh, taking that approach too. Yeah, and I mean, in my book, it should mitigate the karmic uh, responsibility that is associated with you bringing into the, them into the world if you give them... Like, basically, all he's said at this point before giving them a chance to get out is, hey, I'm saying magic is real. Like, believe it or not, and maybe stick around and I can prove it to you. And to me, that's... Like, as you said, that seems like the most ethical way to do it. And I'd like to think that the spirits mm. would take that into account as well. Him giving them an out uh, opportunity is an important factor, but you never know. Mm. I definitely don't get the vibe that Blake thinks it will have done anything. No, no, definitely not. Wait, that's not something he considers. It's just something he thinks is his responsibility anyway, uh, which again is because he's, he's a pretty good dude. Mm. And, and so we meet two new people here. I think maybe they were at the party. I honestly don't remember, but they weren't really introduced in the same way they are here. Uh, and so we get Tyler, who's one of those annoyingly talented people um but he he bounces around from thing to thing a bit of a jack of all trades type person and and then there's joseph who blake basically says isn't like the most naturally talented but he's really good at sort of keeping his pulse uh on on what the community's into and you know he basically just sounds like a really good uh potential practitioner so you know of course he's the only one who is smart enough to get the fuck out uh but (laughs) (laughs) we get we'll get there i guess yeah um yeah i i like these characters we're kind of building up blake's friend army here um yeah it's nice we'll see what the story has in store for them i suppose um so uh blake as his confirmation to convince people blake has evan write out some words he has him write out (laughs) it's all true um which is a very neat trick but for some reason doesn't fully convince everybody yeah, and I I actually have a friend who works for some of the Australian zoos training birds, and so I double checked with him, and you you cannot get birds to do this. Like, this is not this yeah. is not something you can train birds to do. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely that sense of like the 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 kickback to trying to have your complete understanding of the universe pulled out from under you. I guess is yeah. they just all sort of refuse to, or they try to rationalise all of it. Yeah, and and they even when they're mostly on board. I mean, Blake pulls another trick soon, but it still even seems like they're kind of hoping that it doesn't end up true until we get to the awakening rituals, and then they're all like, "Oh okay, wow. shit! I guess this actually is true." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this whole <laughs> so Blake sends Evan off to get a piece of paper and a pen, <laughs> and and he comes back and he does some writing, and there's this whole section. Evan is just fucking adorable he's awesome um it, it, i i this section really is a highlight for me um and it, this is the this is really where evan is like he's solidified his place as one of the most adorable characters that has ever existed uh yeah he's such a trooper uh 
We'll yeah. talk about this whole thing, like an exasperated trooper at times. Uh, like the bit where they where they have a go at him for forgetting the apostrophe is hilarious. Uh, but it's yeah, he's he's just he's so adorable the whole the whole way through. <laughs> They they have a go at him for forgetting the apostrophe, and his response is, "I'm a bird. I'm a kid. I'm dead." <laughs> and Blake's like, "Um, yes, there are extenuating circumstances." <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's a great. He he's he's definitely great at balancing out the the sort of tone of the story as well with his sort of optimism and and innocence. Uh, you know, Blake, Blake and Rose are already both kind of quite beaten down uh, by this story and the events before it. So Evan is this sort of yep. beacon of light that uh, is, is yeah, working really well. Yes. Um, I want to pull out one other interesting quote as well. When Blake is, uh, when Blake is, is kind of reflecting on how his friends are, are very slow to believe him, um, he thinks, was this the natural resistance to the unknown? Why hadn't I run into it when Rose first showed up? Mm. Which is an interesting kind of disconnected thought that, that is just out of place enough to make me think, why is this here? What yeah. is this trying to say? I actually went to pull this out and put it in our notes, but I saw you already had, because uh, it, it stands out. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely feels like, you know, a little seed being planted, uh, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it, there could be like a benign explanation, right? Because... Blake and Rose already had a magical connection. There was some, you know, thing because of that. He just instinctively trusted her more, uh, and he didn't like comprehend that that was why because he hadn't awakened yet. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, this definitely it just stands out as this little line where you're like, oh, okay, that's that's a mystery that I should just be aware exists. Yeah, keep one keep one eye on this thing yeah. over here. Yeah. Of course, there's like a hundred hundred things I'm meant to be doing that for, which is like, <laughs> I mean, this is <laughs> yeah, most of them are forgotten. This is why I really love long form story stuff, particularly the Wabo ones, because when you got so many balls being juggled, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's easy to forget which ones are in the air, and and then you can catch you off guard. It's great. Well, yeah, well, you forget about one of the balls that you're juggling, and then of course that's the one that <laughs> comes back and becomes very important. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, Blake's friends aren't fully convinced yet, and so Blake does a much less convincing argument where he draws a diagram on a coffee table and has it move, you know, two feet, not very far. <laughs> um, and and this is what convinces everybody. Yeah, and um, I think it's interesting that there's a bit of a debate about whether or not he had faked this or how he could fake it. Um, and everyone's sort of talking about why he couldn't have done it. And Alexis is sort of the only one who's in the background keeps chiming in that he wouldn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and it really solidifies yeah. that extra close relationship he and Alexis have. Um, like, there's so much yeah. trust there. And, and I don't want Wadbo to take it away. Please don't. She. <laughs> well, no comment. Um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> the thing I like about this as well is... Um, Alexis rightfully points out, like, what is the motivation that he would have for faking yeah. this? Like, d does he want them to think that he's crazy? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. She, wait, she's right. The The only solution, if this isn't real, then he's just gone on, on some elaborate ploy to make them think he's insane, which, what what does he get out of that? Yeah. Like, I guess un unless he's building an insanity defense uh, for murdering Evan. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess. Anyway, uh, so so they're convinced by this, and Blake kind of continues to fill them in about the world of magic that they're become, becoming a part of, right? Yeah, and this section basically boils down to Blake says something horrible about the world of magic, they're all horrified, 
But Blake doesn't think they were horrified enough, <laughs> so he goes back to step one and tells them something else horrible about the world of magic. And it's kind of rinse and repeat yeah. until he runs out of stuff to say, and they just all <laughs> confirm that they're in either way. Yeah, um, I, I want to pull out one of them because I, I think it's, again, a fun beat. Um, uh, they're talking about uh, about Granny Thorburn, and Blake says she was an eminent diabolist, I said. Someone who traffics in the really bad stuff. I saw some eyes go wide. Not wide enough. <laughs> they didn't get it. Not yet. <laughs> Which I don't know why they would from um, just that very brief description. Yeah, it, it doesn't convey it very well. But uh, this whole this whole bit has this weird, like, judgmental tone from Blake. Um, he it feels like he's like he's being very critical about how slow his friends are to to kind of get it. Uh, which I don't know, it feels kind of harsh. Yeah, I I interpreted it a bit differently. I I almost feel there's like a part of him that doesn't want them to be eager to help him because you know they're signing yeah. up for really bad stuff and that's sort of this bit where he you know he didn't get an option either so he's like he's trying to convey the seriousness of what they're signing up for and basically the fact that they're still saying yes from his perspective kind of tells them that he's not doing a good enough job of saying how serious <laughs> it is like it's this weird sort of catch-22 he's stuck in where it's like, as long as they're still willing to help him, he doesn't feel like he's done a good enough job of explaining how horrible yeah. it really is. Yeah, you're right. He he eventually runs out of ways to scare them, though, and has <laughs> to kind of resign his, himself to, especially with Tiffany, who he's like, he, you can tell he's kind of like, I, I don't feel like I should awaken you, but I need help, so I'm going to have to do it. Mm. Mm, for sure. Um. Anyway, so uh, Joseph Dips, uh, correct move, Smart Joseph, man. I think. <laughs> Yep. Goosh and Joel both kind of say, hey, look, like, we want to hear you out, but we can't really commit to something that's going to become our entire lives. Which is the uh, next best play. Yeah. Um, so they kind of stick around, but don't commit to being practitioners, uh, which leaves Tiffany, Alexis, and Tyler to awaken. Yeah, so it looks like they're probably going to have two two blackguards, but Goosh and Joel both sort of seem to imply that they'd be willing to become practitioners when, you know, the people holding them to not doing that are out of the picture uh mm. so like pretty yeah. pretty good result overall that's you know five out of six in in a generous uh sort of you know scoring yeah and you know joel has already kind of in the story been a bit of uh, blake's support right mm. um you know offering him his car all kinds of miscellaneous helpful things and so you can kind of easily imagine him becoming the black guard and, and helping out with this stuff yeah so the knights come back uh and blake kind of starts the awakenings um tyler awakens then alexis and then tiffany yeah and i mean there's this great bit as the knights sort of first arrive and they're like oh you're awakening these these people and uh blake's like yeah uh and the knight's like don't you know that you're actually meant to clear that with like the local lord or it's really it's really <laughs> bad manners and, yeah and blake's just like well i mean what's yeah. what's he gonna do <laughs> yeah. imprison me <laughs> Like he's not gonna say yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. But oh, I think I think Blake tries to clarify that conquest wouldn't go after them specifically, and the knights seem to think he wouldn't. That seems like flimsy logic to me. But I, I think this whole bit where yeah, you know, it's like you're meant to have cleared it with the local ward is really setting up that sort of those stakes of these these guys as they're awakened are going to be Team Blake, and they're going to be against yeah. Team Conquest, and that's. Like, you know, that's a risky proposition to be signing up to. 
Yeah, I, I like that Blake is trying to be like, oh, well, you know, technically he should just hold it against me. Like, he's kind of forgotten that he's going up against the incarnation of Conquest. Conquest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's assuming a bit too much uh, nicety for for what we've seen <laughs> of Conquest so far. Yeah, bless Blake's optimistic heart. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting, this is kind of literary, literarily, is that a word? Interesting, right? <laughs> Where we we see... The same ritual three times in a row, right? Um, yeah. And yet, it it it's it doesn't feel repetitive. It, it's really well written, and I think the reason why it doesn't feel repetitive is this this awakening ritual is basically a a, a very distilled version of just kind of diving into who these characters are, or or at least who these characters see themselves as, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting kind of little bit of just deeply diving into their characterization. While yeah, just getting to explore it, it's 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 fun. It makes it not drag on, even though it is the same ritual on three times on paper. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the reason it works is because like Wadbo trims the fat, and and we only see those important bits, which, as you said, are the bits where they're they're sort of telling us bits about themselves through this um word association part. Because like I, yeah. I went back and looked at uh, chapter one point seven where they do the awakening, uh, where Blake and Rose awaken. Uh, to to sort of do some comparative stuff, we'll get into in a sec. But uh, theirs goes for a lot longer because, like, for the first one, Wildbo gave us the, the start and the end. Whereas for this part, he's trimmed it down to the bits we really need to see that that are important and that that are varied, so it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, also, I think the Evan says hi to each of them as they awaken, <laughs> and they each get this moment of like seeing Evan talk <laughs> uh which really rounds out each ritual in a really nice way i think yeah and he's just so cute <laughs> yep um so blake has his coven uh he's got three new practitioners and uh, of course they've got 15 minutes to learn the basics and then they have to fight conquest yeah I fa- i'm just I-, I just had to pull out and, and i want to read out verbatim the last three lines of this uh chapter because they're just fantastic uh so blake says nick want to help me out my friends need a 15-minute crash course in magic. I am not that knowledgeable. And then Blake says again, me either, but it's going to have to do. We've got to deal with conquest. And it's just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just this real sense of, look, we're a bunch of rookies and, and we're trying to teach another bunch of rookies, but let, let's go fight the big boss. Like it's, yeah. It really hammers home this sense of unpreparedness and underdogness. You know, it's, it's a real David and Goliath type battle coming up. Well, you know... Uh, Granny Thorburn practiced for her whole life. She died. Blake's been a practitioner for ten days. He's doing fine. So maybe this fifteen-minute prep course will <laughs> will make them the best practitioners yet. I don't know. Oh, I mean, that's optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, yeah, he's really eighty twentying on the uh, <laughs> on on teaching these practitioners all the all the essentials. Um, yeah, essentials actually. Pun right. Oh, I get. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. So uh that's that's basically the end of the chapter. Um I just want to say one more time, Evan was awesome this whole chapter. He was a real highlight. Uh it was awesome. Good times. Yeah. I, I mean I, I feel like we talked about how last chapter was all about introducing us to the fact that Blake has genuine allies who really like him. Yeah. And and contrasting that with conquest. And I feel like this one was all about introducing us more to a big chunk of those allies. So, you know, we met Tyler, we, we also met Joseph. Uh, and and we got to see a lot more of uh, Goosh, Joel, and and Alexis yep. and Tiffany, 
So it feels like this mm. is the chapter of establishing his new allies and, and what they're all about. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully they, uh, they live long, happy lives and uh, this all goes well. <laughs> yes, uh, it's not going to. It's just no, it's just no way this <laughs> ends well. That's, that's, that's a conversation for another time because that's the end of 6.2. Uh, yes, and, and so for our bonus bit today, uh, what we've done is we've pulled out all of the, the word associations that everyone uh, did in this chapter, and we also yeah. went back and got Blake and Rose's ones, and we just thought we'd compare sort of what they said and, and try and try and analyse a bit what we think this says about our new uh, companions who will be joining the story for the next little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um Let's go through them in order, and I guess we'll get to the ones that I think are the most interesting. We can kind of call it the ones that we really want to talk about as we get to them. Yeah, yeah. I, um, so the first one, wait, the first thing they're meant to associate is a dagger. Uh, and so Blake and Rose both said this was war, although Rose was kind of copying Blake at the time, so don't know how important yeah. that is. Uh, I, I think Tyler has a pretty interesting answer to this. He, he says it's all about, like, cutting the ties to his old self, so he thinks, that, thinks of it more in a separation sense. Uh, mm. and Alexis probably has the most interesting one where she says it's all about sculpting and carving, which is a very mm. positive take, I think, for a, for a dagger. Like, almost everyone else... For a dagger, Everyone yeah. else goes somewhere violent. Uh, like, Tiffany says that it's dangerous if not handled with care, which I think is a bit of a metaphor for maybe her uh, more than the dagger, but uh, we'll talk about that well, at the end. her or maybe even... Oh, um, her experience I with mean, other people. Yeah, definitely, I would say. Um... I, I like that this, this you know, we mentioned this before, this gives us a real dive into each of each of these people and, and what they kind of, the lenses that they see the world through, right? Um, yeah. Tyler kind of sees himself in terms of his his aspirations, I would say. Yes, yeah, so he's, he's always about moving forward or, or moving on. He doesn't want to be yeah. stuck. He's very much someone who is always trying to reinvent himself and, and all of his answers sort of reflect that. Yeah, interestingly, Alexis is, on the whole, I would say, she often has quite negative interpretations of a lot of things, right? Um, except for this one. This one, to me, seems like the most positive, uh, the the most positive interpretation that she takes, which is weird because it is a dagger, right? Yeah, Alexis is is probably uh, is probably the only set of answers right now that that doesn't jump out to me with like a, a sort of fairly straightforward pattern or, or not straightforward but like there's mm. there's no pattern that i can see emerging from alexis's answers whereas tyler's and tiffany's i feel like i have a pretty good sense of what was trying to be conveyed through their their answers whereas alexis is still a bit of a mystery to me and i i think that's maybe intentional i think the theme that runs through alexis's for alexis's answers is she possibly her defining herself by her trauma um Maybe not for the dagger so much, but when we get to the Dreamcatcher and the Skull, and and especially the Rose, I think, uh, and her personal item, uh, it really seems that she's kind of she sees herself a bit as as a a direct product of of her trauma. And although we don't really specifically know what it is, we can kind of make stabs at at the kind of region, right? Um, yeah. Which, which is why it's so interesting that that for dagger she says sculpting or carving, which are you know, I mean, carving maybe can have some negative interpretations, but on the whole, it's pretty positive. Um, yeah, well, partnered with sculpting, it definitely implies, like, you know, wood carving, not, like, flesh carving. Yeah. Maybe the answer for her is kind of 
being shaped by her history. Maybe that's yeah. I like that actually. Maybe that's the theme. Um. Anyway, let's let's move on. Mm-hmm. Next up is the the hourglass or or the Stonehenge. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, so Blake and Rose both said time for this one in unison, which makes sense because they had a legit uh, hourglass. Tyler kind of yeah. rattles on for a bit uh, on this one, but it, it's basically all about. He thinks of it as time changing, more or less, is, is sort of what yeah. I took from his. Uh, Alexis's is one that really baffles me. She goes on about how Stonehenge was all about phases of the moon, which I guess. But then she talks about, like, well, she just says uh, the, the sentence, female, I guess, which, mm. uh, as far as I'm aware, like, I don't associate Stonehenge with anything female. And, like, apart from the concept of an hourglass figure... I, I don't know what else she could yeah. possibly be getting at. I, I actually don't really know what this answer is is trying to tell us. Yeah, Tiffany gives the clearest interpretation here, yeah. right? Which is deceptively simple, has history. Um, you know, again, Tiffany's answers are all like something on the surface, but something underneath. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we have the, the dream catcher, uh, which Blake and Rose said was dream and fate. Uh, pretty standard answers. Mm-hmm. Uh Alex, uh, sorry, Tyler and Tiffany both kind of essentially go at the same point, which is it's all about thinking outside the box and being a bit alternative. Uh, Tyler, yeah. Tyler more specifically links it to the fact that he doesn't want to be like a salary man, like he wants to be an artist or a wizard. Yeah. Uh, and that sort of thing. And then Alexis goes with bondage, uh, mm. which is is an interesting interpretation. As he said, it's, it's a more negative one. It's, she's talking about being tied down. Uh, Mm. buy it basically yeah this is one that's a bit strange to me i I think the dream catcher i mean you know blake and rose i think gave the obvious answers in their ritual which was dreaming right having dreams having aspirations and and fate Mm. um but the other three i don't know what to make of this they do kind of interpret it a lot very differently i i mean i guess for me tyler and tiffany's interpretations actually make a lot of sense like i do think of dream catchers as Mm. something that are very uh, like you know new agey uh i i guess so that, that sort of makes yeah. sense to me the concept of like I, I guess they've got intricate like uh string work so i can see the the link to to tying up and, and bondage and stuff yeah. but it's it seems like a bit of a leap for to me for alexis to get there um <laughs> yeah, so i think I'm it's saying you, yeah. a lot uh yeah. yeah uh so then nick next up we had the skull uh which you know yep. Uh, Blake and Rose said was doom and death respectively. Uh, Tyler again mm-hmm. brings it to time and he says that this is all about being until death so it's it's yep. sort of the same answer but he tucks in that thing about turning it into his time. Uh, yep. Alexis compares it to violence which makes sense like I can see that um, it, it makes sense I don't know but it, again <laughs> I feel like it's a more negative interpretation because a skull is death yes but it I I don't know. I don't see it as as violence. Right? I, I guess I more think of like uh, the skull, an icon, like you know the sort of thing Punisher wears on his chest, or pirate flags yeah, fly. Yeah, like skull and crossbones, a Jolly Roger. Yeah, like that's that's sort of yeah. that was a, what I assumed she was going for. Uh, you know, it is a sim. It's a symbol of causing death, basically. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then I can see that Tiffany has this interesting thing where she's not sure if it's frightening. Or beautiful uh, when something is sort of lay- laid bare, uh, mm. which which feels like feels like there's a lot of meaning hidden hidden behind that one. <laughs> I really like Tiffany's answers. They're mm. very like the symbolism. Uh, her symbol. She 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 very is kind of clearly like 
presenting uh, her thesis on the world, right? Or, yeah. or her thesis on herself. Um, yeah, even though I don't feel like I have something too concrete to say to any of her specific answers, you do really walk away with this sense of getting an understanding of her as a whole. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, so next up we have the coin, which uh, Blake and Rose said, fortune and ruin. Uh, mm-hmm. Tyler mentions that everything sort of has a price to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Alexis mentions that, you know, it's all about pride, which I think kind of ties in with, with Rose's interpretation of ruin a bit. Like it's, cause, you know, pride comes before the fall, I guess. Well, maybe that's me adding mm-hmm. my interpretation to, to their interpretations. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then interestingly, Tiffany, it's not mentioned the coin at all. It goes straight from the skull to the rose and hers. So I don't know. I don't know if that's missing for a reason or <laughs> what's going on there, but uh, it's just not in it. Mm. I I think the one I like, the, the coin answer I like the most actually is roses. Um, and I know we kind of missed the boat on talking about <laughs> it, but it just is a great, a great way of summing up how her whole, to her, her, her whole life has been like, oh, the family's competing to get this money. And yep. yes, that will just fuck up your life. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It, it is It is a great uh, encapsulation of her character uh, and her history slash fake history. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and so then finally for the set of items, we have the rose. Um, Blake says mm-hmm. his family, which makes a lot of sense. Rose says herself, yep. which makes a lot of sense. Um, yep. <laughs> Tyler ties it back to all the other things and says that he thinks the rose is all about like, you know, things live and then they die and, and he wants to dedicate himself wholly to this, which Blake finds concerning. Mm. Uh, yeah. Alexis, Alexis says it's associated with pain. I guess she's focusing on the thorns. Mm. And, uh, I-, I like Tiffany's answer the most because this is exactly what I think of when I see flowers, uh, which is they're symbolic and they're pretty, but they're basically useless. Like they just sit there until they die. Yeah. Uh, so um, I like that. The rose is the most interesting of the of the six items to me because it doesn't have a clear association, right? The I other agree. five yeah. are they're they're pretty surface level. Um for Blake and Rose's answers, I think they kind of get to cheat because, <laughs> because when of the Rose association of their family has Yeah. Yeah. Um but for Tyler, Alexis and Tiffany, they really have to think about it more. Um I like as well that Tiffany doesn't say doesn't go for the thorns angle like oh it's pretty but it has thorns right which is kind of what she was talking about with dagger right mm. dangerous if not handled with care but she she kind of dives into it being non-functional and useless and not not worthy um which is you know tragic but does kind of talk about her history a bit um so it's funny just just now as we're having having this conversation i've just noticed i don't think blake has told them about rose at all like the person uh no. and she doesn't come up in any of their bits where they're talking to evan as well um i guess because she's she's with Con- nope. she's with conquest what am i saying of course she doesn't come up but uh like that's gonna be a whole thing uh when they learn about rose <laughs> yeah i mean i get yeah she's with conquest and so she's not the most pressing thing right now but you know you do have a a, a mirror twin like like you're gonna have to spend a minute <laughs> explaining that <laughs> Um, yeah, and so then finally, uh, the other most interesting one, I think, is uh, the personal item that you have to bring, because obviously this says a lot about you. Yeah. Uh, so, f- uh, as a reminder, Blake uh, used Joel's keys, uh, because they represented, like, his relationship to his friends and his bike. Uh, mm-hmm. We still don't know what Rose picked, because Blake wasn't nosy enough, and, and I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> uh, yep. Then Tyler used a USB stick with... Uh, you know, basically his life's history on it. He's got all his photos and yeah. poetry he wrote, and it's really 
I think it represents him and his history, and I actually really, really like that one. Like that's probably the sort yeah, of thing I would have I would have tried to bring. Yeah, it's a very good it, it's a very good encapsulation of who he is, <laughs> like his his journey and, and what he values the most, which is his kind of growth and his his quest for the things that he loves to do. Yeah, and since this is the last one, we may as well just sort of summarize. Like I think, yeah, all of Tyler's answers have something to do pretty much with uh time and and you know the passage of time and and moving forward yep. not staying stagnant and and that's really something he'd be a great behame <laughs> <laughs> yeah he he's definitely he he also he well he reminds me of blake in that way like he doesn't seem to want to sit still yeah. he has to be he has to be moving forward like i think that's a, that's a trait they seem to share a bit yeah and not just that though blake is critical of of this trait right like this is the part throughout throughout um throughout tyler's awakening blake is kind of making comment about how how some of the answers are worrying to him because he doesn't see tyler as the type to stick to one thing and tyler's giving very like oh i'm committing myself to this answers um but i i think you're right that this is a, a trait that blake you know blake's impulsivity is something we've 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 his not impulsivity his impulsiveness is something we've talked about a lot this whole story um i think it's interesting that he's criticizing not the same thing but a pretty similar thing in tyler here yeah, although to be fair, a lot of people have criticised it in Blake, and also uh, Blake didn't want to be here. <laughs> we always got to keep in mind is he's got that is he's torn between having invited the rest of them, uh, which is an opportunity he didn't get. Um, yeah. So yeah. So then uh, Alexis uses her dentures as her item, and she talks about you know how they're fragile and uh, a sign that you know you you damaged as you go you get damaged as you go through life and and she wants to be someone mm. who helps to fix them like the dentures help to fix her injuries mm. yeah um again i think there's a, a i think something i like about this is we get kind of a, a reflection of blake in each of these final personal items right um yeah blake's impulsiveness from tyler we get uh, blake's kind of drive to do good despite his quite negative or perhaps because of his quite negative past um, from Alexis, and then talking about uh, talking about Tiffany, the the kind of the reminder of the baggage that family can bring. Um, yes, because uh, she brings an AA chip, which she doesn't say who exactly it belongs to, but I, I get the impression it's she, one of her yeah. parents. Uh, she says it's not hers. Um, yeah, and then she sort of talks about what sounds like a terrible upbringing, and I assume yeah. so. I, I assume it's one of her parents because she talks about being let down by. Somebody who didn't keep their tr- their their promise to stay away from drugs and alcohol. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I do feel like it's her her mother, if not both her parents, um, just because of kind of the the way that she feels about herself makes sense to me. If that's a reflection of her of problems with her mother, I don't know. Um, I yeah, I have no idea. I haven't given it much thought, but uh, it's definitely <laughs> sure. yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely it, it. I don't know. It's definitely a parent vibe or a step parent yep. type thing. Whoever raised her, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and yeah, like we said, obviously baked into that is uh, a, a reliance to trust family and and even kind of searching for a way to define yourself outside of your 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 family, your origin, whatever. Um. Again, which is a pretty good reflection of 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 Blake. Uh, yeah, but um, like I, I think the pattern that emerges in Tiffany's answers, and we didn't really talk about any pattern in Alexis's that much because, I, as I said, I, I haven't really seen that much of one apart from, as you said, mm. sort of trying to be that fixer. Um, mm. 
Mm. But for Tiffany, it, it all of her answers have to do with whether there's more under the surface. Uh, you know, like uh, yep. it, it's it's da- daggers are dangerous if they're not used correctly. So you know they can be used yep. well. Uh, Stonehenge has history. Um, like I, I think with yep. her, it's all about there being more under the surface. Uh, which yeah, um, you know, hopefully that's that's true for her as well because uh, one of the things <laughs> before this was she said she's not great under pressure. So. This will be her opportunity to step up if she's got it in her. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and her opportunity to see... I mean, you know, you, you get the sense that she wants to demonstrate that she, too, has more under the surface. So, you know, this is your chance, Tiff. Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that's all the characters who have who have awakened. Uh, yeah. Who are, you know, we, we've sort of gone through. And so I thought it'd also be fun, uh, Ruben, to uh, put you on the spot and, and ask you... Ooh, okay. To do the word associations as well. Uh, obviously, since right. this is a podcast, right. I can't <laughs> do visual things. So I'm just going to pretend to hold up items and, and you'll tell me what they make you think yeah. of. Sure. Okay. So right, hit me. What's so first? first off, I'm holding up a dagger. Mm. A dagger makes me think of stabbing, makes me think of our audience taking a stab at interpreting the story. And if they want to do that, the best place to do that is in our discussion threads, which you can find linked in the episode description down below. Interesting. Interesting. Um, okay, well, so the next item, I think the next bowl was an hourglass. Mm. An hourglass, obviously time is a big factor. And of course, the next time that, that we will uh, get together and record an episode, <laughs> that episode will be coming out on Friday the 3rd of, uh, of May. Uh, that'll be 6.3. So that's what make, that makes me think of our next episode. Makes sense. Uh, so the next one up is a dream catcher. Mm, dreams, you know, coming from all around and being caught in the dream catcher kind of reminds me of like, I guess the internet and, and all the wireless waves going around. And of course that makes me think of our website, doofmedia.com, where you can go to get all the news about our show as well as all the other great shows on there. And, and next up we have the skull. Oh, of course. Well, a skull is is death and horror, um, and, and pain and torment. And of course, nothing sums it up more than Twitter to me. So uh, <laughs> if you're into if you're into you know uh, masochism and stuff like that, you should uh, self harm yourself by checking out our Twitter, which is at MediaMD Podcast. It's more fun than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and up next is the coin. Well, of course, you know, Elliot, I'm all about getting that coin, <laughs> and the way that we get that coin at the moment is uh, by being backed by all our patrons. Um, if you want to support this show, you can head to Patreon.com/slash/DoofMedia. I guess I'm talking to the spirits here. Um, yeah. <laughs> the spirits go to patreon.com slash doofmedia. Uh, and once yep. they're done there, they're going to uh, see that the next bowl that I'm holding up in front of you contains a rose. A rose, yes. Well, of course, uh, a rose is uh, beautiful and and uh, only lives because of the support of the sun and the water that rains down upon it. Just like Wildbo's stories only live because of the support that rained down upon them from Wildbo's Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Wildbo. So head over there too, spirits. And so finally, uh, what is the personal item you've brought and, and why did you bring it? Yeah, well, of course, my personal item is uh, the other podcast that we do together, Media MD, And a new episode of Media MD actually has just come out, uh, interestingly enough. We're talking about the other uh, a superhero TV show called Umbrella Academy that came out uh, earlier this year. So that's my personal item. That episode, which is just released yesterday. Oh, that's that's a pretty cool personal item. I, I approve. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, is there anything else you want to say to the spirits? Any declaration of who you are uh, before, before we head out? Yep. I, I guess there's one final thing that I want to say about kind of defining myself, and that's we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. See ya.